This is the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson. Thank you for joining me. The Education Next poll has just been released this past week, and there are a surprising number of findings, not least in the area of higher education, a topic that we are exploring in greater depth in the 2019 poll than in any previous poll. I'm delighted to have Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next and Professor at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Deputy Director of the Program in Education Policy and Governance at the Harvard Kennedy School, uh, with me to discuss the uh, 2019 poll. Uh, thank you, Marty, for joining me. Great to be with you. So, you know, Marty, there's a lot of interesting material in the poll, and some of it was, uh, some of our discussion uh, is available on the Education Next podcast. Uh, but on the Education Exchange podcast, I thought it would be fun to drill down on the part of the poll that focuses on higher education because we've not really talked about higher education, haven't asked questions about higher education in previous uh, years. So uh, what do you see as the news in this poll about public opinion when it comes to higher education? Well, what I found most interesting is actually the most simple aspect of what we did. And that's just that we use the very same question that we've used for more than a decade now to ask Americans to grade the quality of their K-12 schools in their community and nationwide. And on an A to F scale, on right? An a, a to F scale, CDF, letter grade, right? yeah. just like a teacher assigning grades in school. And we asked them to do that same thing for public and private colleges and universities nationwide and in their own state. And to my knowledge, no one's done that before. We've certainly never done that before. And I wasn't at all sure what we'd find. I think American colleges and universities certainly have a strong reputation, but there have been a lot of serious concerns raised about them over the past several years, much more so than in earlier times, concerns about excessive debt load, skyrocketing tuition, whether college is still worth it, concerns about political correctness Lazy on campus. Lazy rivers running down <laughs> through the middle of the campus. So uh, I, was, I was surprised to see that if you ask the public as a whole to grade public four-year colleges and universities nationwide, 58% of the public gives the schools an A or a B grade. Compared and that compares to 25%. With just 24% who do the same for the public schools K-12 nationwide. And so that's you know a 34 percentage point difference, big difference in perceptions. And then uh, evaluations of the quality of colleges and universities go even higher if you ask about private colleges and universities. 66% of the public give uh, those an A or a B grade. And then mirroring the pattern that we see in evaluating K-12 schools where Americans assign higher grades to their local schools than schools nationwide, you see even higher evaluations of the quality of colleges and universities if you ask about the institutions in someone's state. So uh, in-state public institutions or private institutions receive an A or a B grade from just about 80% of the public. However, there's one difference here, and that is the uh, public today is grading their local K-12 schools, giving them a grade of A or B. 60% will give them a grade of A or B. So that's much higher than 25% for schools nationwide, right? 60% compared to 24% is like, you know, what, 36 percentage points. 
The difference is not so great in the higher education sector. People perceive their state institutions as better than average, but they still, are, they're not that dramatically different. They're more like 10 percentage point difference. Yeah, and of course that divergence between what people say about their local K-12 schools and K-12 schools nationwide is wider than it's ever been as perceptions of the quality of local schools have really gone up in the past several years. Uh, and we're not seeing anything quite so large when we compare uh, these perceptions of the quality of higher ed institutions in your state versus nationwide. But that's another difference. We asked about, you know, in your state, because we think of state university systems as being the sort of most local unit, uh, I think there's a difference between that and in your community, which is what we're doing when we're asking about K-12 schools. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, But we do see bigger differences for Republicans in this regard. The Republicans are just about up there with the Democrats when it comes to higher education institutions in their state. A little bit less support, a little bit less enthusiasm, less willingness to give an A or a B. But when you go to the universities nationwide, and you talk about public universities, only 50%, is 49% is the actual number, only about half the Republicans are willing to give an A or a B as compared to two-thirds of the Democrats. So you see, you're, you do see a little partisanship that uh, is related to what you were talking about, uh, you know, political incorrectness and uh, higher education spending too much money and charging too much and so forth. You see a little partisanship in public thinking there. When you ask about institutions nationwide, you don't see it coming through when you ask about institutions in Republicans' own state. But even so, I I still think it's a stretch to to suggest that there's a ton of concern when you have half of the Republicans assigning an A or a B grade. Certainly, they're much less concerned about the nation's colleges and universities than they are about K-12 schools. The other interesting difference between uh, Republicans and Democrats is that uh, Republicans tend to assign higher grades to the private universities, uh, or there's a bigger difference in their evaluation of public and private universities, and I suppose that's not too surprising. So, yeah, but I agree with you. This is a brand new material that uh, nobody has ever explored. And uh, it does suggest to me that those people who are strenuous critics of the higher education system uh, just are going to have a a lot of rowing to do before they're going to get to the other shore because there's a, a lot of ingrained support for our higher education system in the United States. Well, it's an experience that a lot of Americans have and uh, is quite transformative when they attend college. And I think that translates into, uh, you know, enduring support. And actually, everybody knows that uh, somebody who goes to college ends up with a better job than if you don't go to college. Not always, but it's pretty likely that's going to happen. And so people tend to think there must be something good about that. So let me shift topics and talk about one of the other innovative features of the poll this year. And that is the fact that we uh, interviewed uh, adolescents, people under the age of 18, Uh, 16 to 18, and uh, we asked them the same questions that we asked their parents. So we got a sample of parents who had kids who were in that age category, and then we talked to both the parent and the child, which 
is a, a fairly unusual feature uh, of a pole. Uh, so what, is there anything in that uh, particular aspect of the survey that you think is worth uh, special emphasis? Well, I think I was most struck by the overall similarity between the views of high school students and their parents. Uh, you know, there's a long list of issues that we asked about uh, where the views of students weren't radically different from those of their parents. So I think in talking about the results of that component of the survey, uh, we're obviously going to be drawn towards talking about differences, uh, but I think it's worth saying first that we saw a whole lot of similarity and that even when we did see differences, it wasn't as if students were overwhelmingly leaning in a far more liberal or progressive direction than their parents as, as might have been expected. Um, that being said, we did see uh, some differences as I mentioned. Uh, students are less supportive than their parents of uh, the federal requirement that students be tested annually. Uh, still about half of students are supportive of that requirement, but uh, three quarters of their parents are. Uh, students are less supportive of the Common Core standards. Uh, of course, the Common Core standards were an effort to raise expectations for students' uh, work. Um, I don't know if uh, students have experienced them in those lights, but uh, only 34% of students say that they support the use of Common Core in their state as compared to 50% of their parents. Um, students are more supportive of increasing spending on their local schools and uh, perhaps not too surprising, uh, high school students are more supportive than their parents and much more supportive than the general public of making uh, four-year colleges nationwide free to attend. I found so, that uh, particularly attractive because it sounds as if the young people today are as self-interested as people have always been. <laughs> free college? Wouldn't you want free college if you were a young person at age 17? Well, I think uh, a lot of the differences that we see from between students and, and parents in this survey could be interpreted in that light. So I was mentioning the Common Core Standards as something that's trying to increase expectations for students' work. Annual testing, obviously, that's a burden to some degree on students. And Hey, they're also more supportive of spending on their own school, presumably to, to benefit them. Um, I was also interested to see just how um, favorably parents evaluated, going back to the issue of grading their local schools. In this case, we asked parents to grade specifically the high school that their student attended. 82% of parents assigned that specific high school an A or a B grade. Uh, I don't know if that's because they're truly that enthusiastic about it or didn't want to admit that their child is attending a school that they're not pleased with, but students weren't quite as enthusiastic as their parents. 68% of students assigned an A or a B grade. Um, and uh, I guess the other interesting pattern of differences deals with the difficult topic of uh, school security and safety. We asked parents and students both how confident that they were that there was sufficient security in place in their school to prevent a shooting attack. Only about 40% of both students and their parents said that they were very or extremely confident that there was sufficient security in place to prevent a shooting attack. Um, I think that was uh, striking to see. 
Um, and then when you ask what should be done about it, is there support for specific security measures, you found students not quite as supportive as their parents of some of those. So 77% of parents said that yes, there should be a metal detector at all school entrances. 63% um, of students said that. Yeah, but I can see the student's point of view on that because who wants to go every day to school through one of those metal detectors, mm -hmm. take your knapsack off, go, you know, I, I suppose they don't ask them to take their shoes off, but you know, it's such a nuisance, that kind of thing. So maybe that's what's going on here. They can see more that there are costs as well as benefits of a security system. I think that's exactly right. And the same could be said about the other difference. We found 81% of parents supporting screening all students for emotional distress, just 73% of high school students. I don't want to say just 73%, but less than their parents. Again, that's something that imposes more of a cost. Striking to me to see that 80% of students and 85% of parents support having armed police officers in school. Uh, yeah, that is amazing because you hear a lot of talk of anti-police talk out there. You don't see that among young people in this particular poll when it comes to their own safety at their school. They'd like to see somebody around to protect them. Yeah, of course, we didn't ask about the more controversial idea of arming teachers, but it would be actually interesting to see in light of these data what that would look like. Although it's hard to see that, uh, do you really want to have a bunch of teachers walking around with guns on your, on your hip? Uh, so uh, <laughs> next year we can ask that question. Uh, so listen, uh, I focused the conversation pretty much, but what would you say in general is what you learned uh, from the poll in 2019? Well, to answer that question, I think I'll have to bring in some of the data that we haven't discussed in this particular conversation and encourage your listeners to uh, check out that data uh, by reading the uh, article that you and I have uh, authored to try to make sense of some of the findings. Um, but I think for me, uh, uh, one of the most striking things is just how open the public is to some ideas that have... Uh, from both ends of the political spectrum were until quite recently seen as somewhat radical proposals. So uh, we asked, for example, this year in the higher ed space where we started the conversation about the concept of making two-year or four-year colleges tuition-free. This is something that has not been part of the political conversation in uh, the U.S. for a very long time. I recall really first hearing a lot about it at least at the federal level in the 2016 presidential campaign when Bernie Sanders was talking about it a lot, you know, we find 60% of the public supporting making four-year college tuition free, 69% of the public supporting making two-year colleges tuition free. So we see big support for a new, uh, some might say quite radical idea. But we also saw strong support for various proposals related to expanding school choice in the K-12 space. We saw uh, stronger support than we've ever seen uh, for increasing teacher pay, for big increases in federal spending on schools. So I think there's uh, a lot of openness to some big ideas uh, and some room for uh, political leaders uh, across the partisan spectrum to be out there making the case for change. Well, thank you for joining me to discuss the Education Next 2019 poll. Marty, I have been speaking with Martin West, 
who is a professor in the Harvard School of Education. He is also the editor-in-chief of Education Next. He's also the deputy director of the program on education policy and governance at Harvard University. Thank you, Marty, for joining me on the Education Exchange. Thanks very much for having me. Please join me every Monday at noon for another release of the Education Exchange podcast.